God, mythology is cool. <laughs> mythology is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Brawl, it's Shirley Bruce. And begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of And the Winner Is... We are your hosts. I'm Joey. And I'm Jen. And this is a podcast about things we like. And today's episode is all about mythical creatures. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back at it again. Back at it again with the white vans. Took a week off. Yeah, thanks for your patience. Uh, we were moving. We have finished the move. Moving really stinks. Yeah, it really does. I was actually pleasantly surprised about people who reached out and said, Oh, you didn't have a new episode this week. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that is really sweet. I was like, oh, wow. Listeners. (laughs) Well, I'm loving the new place. Uh, Yeah, this is our first time recording in this room. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a little echoey, it's because the room isn't totally, totally done yet. There's still a... uh, It's not fully fortified. Yeah, we have this, uh, an infamous rug (laughs) uh, that we put up. Someday Joey will do a singular episode. (laughs) entitled The Rug. The Rug, the Magic Carpet. And you'll get the whole story. Maybe so. (laughs) You've told almost everyone you know I feel like that story, but you should. It's a long story. You should just record it. I should, just for posterity. It takes about half an hour to tell, I feel like, to tell well. be a perfect special episode. But part of the fun is watching people react. Anyway, I'm not telling the story right now, so you can't enjoy it. Exactly. Uh, Okay, this was... um, I'll tell you what, let's just get right down to it. Okay. Okay. Do you have a definition for what a mythical little creature is? Funny that you should ask that. Okay. I don't have a definition, but what did happen was when I was originally putting together my list, lots of different mythical creatures. So I had to confine the space and I was getting, I was prepared to ask you if we could confine this to Greek mythical creatures or something nah. like that. But I found out that you had already gone ahead and made your list. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing all of them now. So the only the only thing that I set uh, as a boundary for myself was uh, I said it can't be a singular creature. Like so, it can't be Gandalf. Exactly. So some of the ones that maybe I would have wanted to do, like Gandalf, <laughs> would have been like the Grim Reaper or Cerberus, Fenrir, Medusa, or the guy who guards the river Styx. Didn't include any of these people. Because there's only one of them. And that's pretty much the only boundary I set for myself. Interesting. I don't know if I agree with that. What do you mean? (laughs) This is my own boundary. I know, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's wise. Because some of those singular figures have a big impact in mythology and people's lives in general. Well, I, I agree, but that's the boundary that I set for myself, for putting together my list to make it easier on myself. Mm, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Would you consider Gandalf a mythical creature? Uh, is he a creature? He's a wizard. He's a wizard. He's kind of an angel. Would you consider a witch? I guess the question is, would I, if I considered an angel a mythical creature, then I should consider Gandalf a mythical creature. But a wizard, like, think just, not even just Gandalf specifically, but witches and wizards. Hmm. A mythical creature. That's a good question. I would say Gandalf is. I, I guess I would, because a, a mythical creature would be something as part of uh, folklore. Exactly. But then it's like, do would I call Hermione a mythical creature? I don't think I would. A mythical creature? She doesn't have any like, powers or anything. She's a witch. She has powers. She does, doesn't she? She has lots of powers. Okay, honestly, I guess Hermione is a mythical creature. Yeah, it's just weird. She's a mythical creature. 
she hasn't lasted for very long, so I don't know if you could say she's ingrained in folklore. But the, but she's a witch, and witches are ingrained in folklore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm saying that she. I, but then it's. But then that's when it starts to get ridiculous. I know. Okay. Do, that's, okay that's why I. I asked the question. Oh, okay. Do you have a, a definition that you'd like to share that helps us? Well, my my source for most of my information Wikipedia of was godsandmonsters.com. Oh, okay. And the definition, I mean, basically supernatural animals, often hybrids, part human, who exist, um, oh wait, whose existence has not or cannot be proven, and that is described often in folklore and historical accounts before history became a science. Before history became a science. Hmm. Yeah, so even based on that definition, I don't I don't really care. Okay, so it's basically any time before modern history. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I needed a definition, but then once I read it, I kind of rejected the definition and just looked at Is there anything in that that would prevent Hermione from being on that in that definition? Hermione's the perfect example. Probably not. She's part human. Does it Um, say they have to be part human? No, it says, uh, let's see, a fantastic beast or creature, often a supernatural animal or hybrid, oftentimes part human. Animal or hybrid, okay. Whose existence has not or cannot be proven. And that is often described in folklore. Oh, man. That cannot be proven. See, that's where it gets dicey, because then you could say, well... Has not or cannot be proven. Has not or cannot. I mean, that's that's almost any fictional character. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> we can't prove that... that Hermione it, doesn't exist. Yeah, but I mean, you could say that for any fictional <laughs> character, not like non-magical. It's like Russell's teapot, but with Hermione. Oh, this is so yeah. funny. Is Jack Shepard from Lost... Is he fake? A mythical creature because he's like <laughs> we can't prove that he doesn't exist out there somewhere. Exactly, he might, he's probably out there right now. Yeah, and then people. you just start talking about parallel universes. So mm, okay, maybe we should. Um, we got to rein ourselves in here. Get to the list. Sure. Okay, my number five. Do you, oh, do you, you don't have honorable mentions? Oh, I got loads of honorable mentions. I got this. I well, I got those many that I that I named at the outset that were singular. But otherwise, uh, Sirens almost made my list. Pegasus almost made my list. Shapeshifters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my only honorable mention. A boggart. Mm, yeah, I mean, you could just do... Uh, an ent- See, maybe that's what it should have been. Harry Potter mythical creatures. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a different episode. Yeah. But I guess not a boggart. I would... That's different from a shapeshifter because a boggart only turns into the thing that you fear most. I just want to be a shapeshifter so that I can blend in wherever I go. Okay. What's your number five? Okay, my number five. Harpies. Harpies? Harpies. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Aren't you scared of harpies? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am scared of harpies. And I brought up that harpy eagle? Yeah. On the animals episode? Yeah. Okay, so the harpies, what are they? They're half human, half bird. I just think it's such a saying the word bird now after that episode just makes me <laughs> like crack up. Birds. <laughs> I like birds. Uh, <laughs> they're half human, half bird personification of storm winds. Uh, their origin is Greek and Roman, as well as Homeric poems. 
Uh, fun little story about the harpies. Uh, for sharing godly secrets, Zeus banished King Phineas to an island filled with food that the harpies would either devour or would soil before he could eat. Oh. He was constantly hungry. That's a... That's a bitches. Cr- yeah, that's, that's a cruel, cruel joke. So why do I like the harpies? Uh, I like the harpy because, because I, I, they're a creature that I love to hate, actually. <laughs> so I, I actually do. I hate harpies, <laughs> um, but I love to hate them. Uh, in the His Dark Materials trilogy, uh, the character Lyra meets the harpies, and they are just the perfect embodiment of something that's just completely disturbing and disheveled and they're bloodied. Um, and they have like the face of old, wrinkly, scary women. Exactly. They're, and they're, they're like, shrieking. They're shrieking. They're making loud sounds. Um, I'm thinking of like Dementors. You know how they describe Dementors from Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. Suck all the joy out of the, out of the world? Well, harpies do that, but they don't just do it. They're annoying about automatically. it. They do it by, by telling you all the terrible things uh, that didn't happen, maybe did happen. Telling you fake parts about your life that you wouldn't ever want to hear. Oh, yeah. They're just, like, incredibly cruel, so they make you feel terrible that way, which is which is maybe worse, actually. Um, they're, they're not poetic at all. They're just disgusting. They're just nasty. They're just nasty, and that's why I like them. They're unlike... Nasty any, old hags. Yeah, they're unlike any <laughs> other uh, mythical creatures. So, here's my fun fact about harpies. Okay. In George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire uh, series, the harpy is the heraldic emblem of the cities of Slaver's Bay. Ew. Yeah, that's, that's fitting. That's gross. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. There it is. Harpies. My number five is Bigfoot. <laughs> Large, hairy, man-like, lives in the woods. Sounds like me. They're just elu- <laughs> 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 They're elusive and scary. I wouldn't say you're elusive and scary. No, this is like Ron Swanson. But what's their end game? Like, do they just... What's it all about? <laughs> what's it all about? Do they just want to be left alone? I think that's all that it is. That's, that's why they haven't it. been discovered. Um, what I like about Bigfoot is all of the different stories. There's just so many stories. People are obsessed with Bigfoot. One third of all claims of Bigfoot sightings have come from the Pacific Northwest. And there have been, like, whole TV shows dedicated to, like, finding Bigfoot um isn't it funny how different regions of the earth uh, yes yeah grasp on to these different creatures creatures, yeah yeah um there's also these really scary stories about children that have gone missing in the woods and when the kids are found they said that a fuzzy man like protected them and guided them back and they like most adults would think the fuzzy man, that means, like, a Bigfoot-like character. Yeah. But some of the kids have described him have, have like, blurry around the edges. Interesting. Like, that's why they were fuzzy. I just think that's so creepy. That is pretty freaky. Um, Let's see what else. They apparently, uh, Cherokee legends say that they have the power to read minds and present-day witnesses, which, <laughs> present-day witnesses, <laughs> have <laughs> claimed... Nothing. Have claimed to lose time after sighting the Bigfoot, similar to the effects uh, reported by those who have been abducted by aliens. Um, also, my family has a big joke about Bigfoot, oh, yeah, about Sasquatch. So, so when we went to Oregon, we didn't know that it was such a big deal out there. So there was like pictures of Sasquatch everywhere, and our new phrase is "squatch out." And <laughs> like we, the, the reason we it's such a joke is there's like one time. We looked at a picture of my mom and it was like, it was like capturing a photo 
of Bigfoot. Like she's like kind of turned to the side, like kind of hunched and like looking at the camera and it's a little blurry. It's just like, it's so perfect. It's so and then funny. since it happened once, now it happens like seemingly all the time. Yeah. Now, now you're looking out for it. Exactly. It's like confirmation bias. Uh, uh, so to in summation <laughs> about Bigfoot, um, I like all the stories. I just think it's fun and there's so much lore I think that's around what- Bigfoot. That's part of what makes several things on my list so so fun, which is why exactly why I chose them is the different types of lore surrounding the creature mm-hmm. makes it so much more fun instead of just being here's what it is, here's what we know, this is what it you know this is what it is this is just what it is yeah when it's when there's lots of different options and you can kind of make up your own version, it's much more powerful exactly uh, okay, so uh, a creature not like that is my number four Nazgul. Oh, Nazgul uh, are from Lord of the Rings, and the word comes from the black speech Nazg for ring and Ghoul for wraith, which is a play on the word Ghoul. Mm, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's a there's one fun fact. How clever! Uh, and what are they? They are nine men who uh, succumbed to Sauron's power and gained immortality as wraiths, uh, but they serve on, and Sauron is the bad guy of Lord of the Rings, and he controls them. With this one ring. So the reason I like them is that they're absolutely terrifying because the idea that there's a sentient being out there that you can't necessarily see. Like if they took their cloaks off, you couldn't see them, right? They're wraiths. Um, they've got incredible smell. They can ride. They're not actually dragons, but for all intents and purposes, they're riding dragons. They can see better than you can and in the dark. It's just totally horrifying. I'm thinking of that movie, um, It Follows which is just like a single person slowly walking towards you. It's super creepy. Great movie. It's a movie? Yeah, It Follows. It's like one person following you all the time until they reach you and get you. Hmm. Okay. Constantly. But that's basically what these are, but they're much smarter. <laughs> um, and you can't see them, and they're riding dragons. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they're controlled by basically the most powerful being on the planet whose sole goal is to find you and find the object that you have in your possession. So it's just, it's terrifying. Um, they've got, they carry a Morgul blade that can turn you into a wraith. Wraiths are just cool in general, but these are like the best, <laughs> these are just the best version of wraiths. And that's why I, I, I chose Nazgul or ring wraiths. As yeah. Number four. They had cool horses yeah. and then they got upgraded to cool, like, Eyeless dragons. I know. Faceless dragons. I can't, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, somewhat related to the world of Lord of the Rings, um, my number four is, are elves. Ooh, yeah. And when I think of elves, I'm not thinking, like, Santa's elves or Keebler elves. I'm thinking, like, wood elves from Lord of the Rings or Icelandic elves. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm going to talk about the Icelandic elves. Great, please. So, they're also known as hold the folk or hidden people, and they're supernatural beings that live in nature, often inside volcanic rock, and they can make themselves visible at will. So, they're like shrouded in mystery, and they live in a parallel world, but they can access our world, like through the rock. Super cool. Which is super cool. Uh, They have a few different origin stories, but my favorite is that they are the children of Eve that she hid from God. So this is like all the way back, like yeah, yeah, 
day one. We're going back to the first day. <laughs> yeah. So Eve had some children. She hid them from God. Of course, he knows everything. So she's kind of stupid for thinking she could hide that from him. Um, so he said to her, what man hides from God, God will hide from man. And he made her children invisible and like cast them off to Iceland. That is cool. Where they still, they still dwell. Um, let's see. I recently heard an episode of Lore, which is a very wonderful podcast that I love. And it was about Icelandic elves. And it was said that 54% of Icelandic people believe in elves and that they have halted and altered road construction projects to prevent damaging the rocks where the elves live. Oh, yes. That's according, <laughs> However, according to officials in Iceland, that's not true at all. And that the media has misrepresented or they've misinterpreted what was said about these projects. Um, and that most Icelandic people say they believe in elves and fairies to pique the interest of mass media. So they're kind of trolling hmm. is what... That's what officials are saying. Yeah, that sounds. See, you know what? That sounds like somebody who has, who's maybe living in the city, might say, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, to a media person who's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't let my country be misrepresented." Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So, upon further research, I found that seven percent of Icelandic people believe, without a doubt, that elves exist. And 45% say it's likely that they do, and they can't prove that they don't. So they might as well just believe in it. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like yes. the agnostic oh. viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, um, this is ahead. what I'm talking about again. It's, it's depending on your region, you feel super strongly about the, you know, the mythical creature mm -hmm. in your region. But then I wonder if you were to ask them, is Sasquatch real? Exactly. They'd be like... Absolutely, Sasquatch, absolutely not. not. How ridiculous. Which is interesting that you say that because regardless of what others believe, when we went to that town, we recently went to Iceland. We went to this town. I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. Bor Borgarfjord Eistree, mm -hmm. I think. Sounds good. Um, when we went there, I felt like it was hard not to believe mm. in elves and fairies. Yeah, with all the mist. Because, and yeah, it's like... You're driving through these super misty mountains on the coast, and it's super quiet and peaceful. And there's, in this town, this pile of rocks. It, it's not just a pile of rocks. It's like, <laughs> it, it, that makes it sound like it's like three feet tall. But you have to like climb up it. It's pretty tall. It takes like 10 minutes to get to the top. And they say that's where the Queen of the Elves lives. And like when you're there and you're standing on top and you can see like the sea on one side, and then you can see these snow-capped mountains on the other with all of this greenery it's like these rocks covered in green moss it's just really hard not to believe totally and that the queen of the elves lives there because it's so beautiful and peaceful i felt like the visibility there too was it was always like the things that you wanted to see were just out of reach yep you could see just far enough where yeah. you might be able to it's like a trick of the eye would be very possible yeah there. especially with the mist exactly yeah yeah um so why I like elves? They're beautiful. They're ethereal. Ooh, ethereal. That is my word of the day. <laughs> They're typically immortal. And they just want solitude. And they want to live in nature. And that's all I want. All I want is... Well, no. Immortality. <laughs> <laughs> How long would you go? You got Yeah, just real quick. 
pick a pick a lifetime value. A, a lifespan? Like yep. how long do I want to live for? How long do you want to live for? And I've got my mind and my body. You've got your mind and your and your body. And you age at the rate if you pick a thousand years, you're gonna feel eighty for the last hundred years. Ooh. <laughs> um I'll probably say five hundred. Well, that's a good answer. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight hundo. Eight hundred. Eight hundred years. Wow. 300 years longer than me. What are you going to do without me for 300 years? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we must rebuild. <laughs> okay, my number three. The vampire. Oh, that's my number three. Is it? Yeah. Yes, okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Okay. You want to go first? If you said to me, <laughs> describe something that you find so effortlessly cool... My answer would be vampires. Ooh, There's yeah, nothing totally. cooler than a vampire. So cool. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with, there's a darkness <laughs> about vampires mm-hmm. that I love. Yep. There's a confidence. There's a poise. And they often decorate with Victorian era furnishings. Yeah. If, this is like, if you don't know Jen and I, this is what we're about. I want to be... A vampire. Victorian furnishings? A Victorian Come on. vampire. Yeah, and they've got a sensuality to them, too, I feel like. Yeah. It's or like, um, there's something seductive. Absolutely, and I'm going to get into... Okay. I'm going to get into a little bit more. Um, of course, they live forever, and there have been many different attributes given to vampires, like dating back to, I think, the earliest writings about vampires was in the 1700s. But people have been talking about vampires, like, way longer than that. Right? I mean, just when Kristen Stewart looks them up online. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> it goes quick, back so far. Her quick, crappy Google search. <laughs> but, um, so there's a lot of descriptions that you can choose from of what type of vampire you're going to go with. But yeah, I, choose your own adventure. That's yeah. the, none of the, the, here, the it, here it is again. This is why I like them. But if I had to pick the best interpretation of a vampire, the coolest interpretation of a vampire, we're going with Anne Rice. Oh, that's my girl. She's that's got my... she's got the best definitions. So, and there's there are a few things that are absolutely must haves for me when it comes to vampires. Mm, okay, one, they have to sleep in a coffin during the day, mm. and they do that it, with Anne Rice. With Anne Rice, yep, yep. Um, they're super attractive. Their eyes are luminous. Their skin is very pale and reflective. Yes. Also absolutely necessary love that i saw a picture of brad pitt today as i was researching from interview with a vampire and i was just like the embodiment of just a hunky vampire yeah because the reason they and so after they transform from human to vampire like all of their best physical features are just amplified Mm -hmm. in their vampiric form in order to seduce and attract people which, yes, to which totally makes, oh, the, the way she describes it, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yes. Um, they can be killed by exposure to sunlight or fire. Yep. I think that that is smart because, you know, the Twilight vampires, they can be exposed, but they're just twinkling. Yeah. So, it's like there's really no high stakes. There's no stakes. I feel like if you're going to be a vampire, there need to be some stakes. Yep. I agree. Um, <laughs> my favorite part, so I was on this, like, wiki page or something, and it said... Quote, contrary to popular belief, vampires possess not one, but two pairs of fangs. Popular belief? It's not like, it's not like you're stating a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. 
Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I do love that vampires can have special gifts and like, Ooh, yes, like mind control or strength or yes, what have you. That um, they, yeah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they as they they don't age, but as as they, for lack of a better word, age, they become more statuesque. So their skin becomes smoother and more pale. Um, oh, and the other thing that I like where the stakes are high is you can't um, completely drain a human of all of their blood because if like if they die or if you take all their blood, then you would die. Yep. yep I think yep. that's In really anyways. interesting. Yes. Or if you It's like you're hungry drink, for this thing and you're basically sharing their heartbeat kind of. Yeah. And then if you drink the blood of a person that's already dead, it actually weakens you. Yeah. Which I think is also very cool. So it's like there's there's some little nuances to being a vampire. Yes. Um, Nuance. That is how I would describe those books. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I love everything about vampires. Me too. I think you pretty much covered everything I wanted to say. I've got... Oh, and they have regenerative capabilities. Which makes them even stronger. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. I do like them as, I, I feel like old vampires like Dracula or Nosferatu or, so, or something mm-hmm. like old vampires were just pure evil, super scary kind of kind of things. My preference, though, is for the Anne Rice vampire, which are tragic heroes. Mm-hmm. I just think that's far more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I like vampires is specifically because what made me discover that I liked vampires was specifically Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, uh, which are some of my favorite books. And it would not be an overstatement to say that it taught me to appreciate the small things in life and to not take things for granted. Oh, in interesting. Life. Yeah. Wow. It, it had a huge... Transformative. It was a transformative book for me when I read it. Huge impact on my life. I still haven't finished. <laughs> I interview with a vampire. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gotten to... Like, <laughs> you, you keep saying I've gotten to the point where it's like just about to get really good. Yes. And for anybody who's read the book, <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically just arrived in Paris and there's a shadow creeping behind that's exactly where i stopped reading (laughs) and you're about to meet someone yeah oh my gosh (laughs) um the 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 name vampire comes from albanian dampir which means to drink with teeth oh that's so cool which is pretty cool would you well i mean this is a dumb question i was gonna say would you be willing to drink blood but i mean as a vampire Absolutely. That's you know, going to taste good. Like, you're going to want to. Yeah, they, they do talk a lot about not... They say it over and over in the series. Like, this is not... This is a curse. This is not something that you want because you have to be willing to hurt people and thing. you know... Yeah, do you think you would just go after bad guys? I think it would go after bad guys or I would not drink. And girls. I would, I would just not drink as much as possible or I would drink animals. Oh, yeah. And then you'd get that nice shade of... <laughs> golden that the, and then the Cullens sparkle, have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your <laughs> eyes would sparkle. If I'm a Twilight vampire. Yeah. Honestly, what I would do is I would just go to, I would go to a blood, blood bank. Oh, that's a good idea. How would you get the blood? I would probably steal ask it? for it. <laughs> ask for it? You <laughs> steal it. I don't they can't know. know that you're a vampire. Yeah. Then they probably want to perform like experiments on me or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, do you, would you like to say your number two, or should I? Sure, my number two is Balrog uh, from... Oh my god, Lord of the Rings is dominating for I you. know, Lord of the Rings, the best. <laughs> uh, origin, Fellowship of the Ring, uh, but technically, uh, he wrote Silmarillion first. 
So I don't know what whatever you consider to be first is is where it came from. Uh, Balrog comes from Sindarin, Elvish, for the word ball, power, and rog, meaning demon. And it's basically just a really tall, uh, it's kind of dragon-like, but it's a, just a menacing being that has wings and is engulfed in fire and shadow. Oh my god. <laughs> right? It just sounds so cool. Um, they also carry whips with um, thongs at the end. I don't. Uh, and then they also have can occasionally carry long swords. Hmm. Uh, the reason I like Balrogs is just because they are super cool. If you have never seen what a Balrog looks like, or if you have not watched Fellowship of the Ring... Stop listening to this podcast immediately just, and go do that. Just go Google search Balrog <laughs> and you'll know why I think they're cool. <laughs> they uh, had to invent um, like the technology that was available for those movies. They weren't satisfied with the type of flames... Oh, wow. That they could use, so they had to, like... Invent new technologies in- to make... Invent new technologies to make the flames. That is super neat. Something I think I learned in the extended special edition with commentary. Just very nerdy. That is that is deep. You know, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to find a, uh, some fun facts about Balrogs, and then I just got sucked into a Lord of the Rings hole, which happens to me probably four times a year, where I just get... <laughs> like, I get deep in there and you're talking about melkor and <laughs> ungloth and just all sorts of stuff and so i was like there, any fun fact is going to be too deep yeah would only entertain you know stephen colbert a select few a select few yeah so sure all right what's your number two sphinx half human half lion that forces those it meets to answer its riddles or die Oh, I did not know that it forced you to answer riddles. Yes. So, described in in various ways, but often described as extremely beautiful and intimidating, and they move with such precision and have a very piercing stare. I just think, I just imagine. That's a vivid image in my my mind's eye right now. I'm just in awe of sphinxes. Um, and they date back to Egypt, and I have just a low-key obsession with ancient Egypt, I yep, think. as do I. It's the coolest <laughs> the coolest thing that's ever happened to the world or humanity or probably the universe. So, let's talk about a time that we meet a sphinx that you're familiar with in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. Notably missing from the film, which is a damn shame. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have done it justice, honestly. Yes, so... They did not do the, the mermaids justice. Oh, my God. Yeah, they really screwed up some mythical creatures in those movies. Um, but Harry, he when he's in the maze thing, uh-huh. um, he runs into a sphinx and she asks this riddle. And I'm going to tell you the riddle and oh see if you know the answer. Okay. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells not but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle and end of the end. And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard-to-find word. Now string them together and answer me this. Which creature would you be unwilling to kiss? Uh, is, the, is the answer a specific Harry Potter creature? Is it a normal word? Or it's is an it, animal. You or, would know it. I would yeah. know the animal. Yeah. And Harry gets this right. Yeah, he's got pages to think about it. I've got seconds. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, the answer is spider. Spider. And here's the quick cliff notes. Yeah, too please. long. Too long. Didn't read. Lives in disguise. A spy. 
middle of middle and end of end is the letter D. Spied. Nice. Sound of a hard to find word. Er. Okay, Spider. I got caught up on that one because when when that when I heard that, I started thinking um. Yeah, I know because an er is probably maybe a British. I feel like thing. it's more of a British thing. Yeah. But anyway, I think sphinxes are super cool, and if I ran into one, I'd probably die. But it would be a great way to die. <laughs> <laughs> Do they kill you if you don't get the riddle um, right? They will. They will harm you, and probably kill you unless oh. you can get away. Good times. And it's very li- unlikely that you'll get away. Okay. Then. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, okay. Number one. I'm, now I'm starting to think we might have both have the same number one. I don't think we do. Because okay. you pooed on my number one at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, uh, dragon. Oh. Is my number one. Yes. Uh, dragons in Western. It, it, the reason why I chose this is because it's it's, it's the origin of fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. It's like what gets me excited about all other mythical creatures. It's like the gateway mythical creatures. It's not just a mythical creature. It's It's like, it's legendary. When I think of a dragon, I think of legendary and it's mystical and they're semi-realistic. Like they're not realistic, but I think of a creature like Medusa mm-hmm. with uh, a woman with snakes for hair that turns you to stone. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. But the idea that there might be like a dinosaur out there that could fly around. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah. 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 Maybe I mean, not the fire breathing part. The but. Fire, yeah. The, so, so, yeah. Or the, like the, uh, so, so Western dragons have horns they're probably four-legged they breathe fire but eastern dragons are wingless and more serpentine oh so it's like a dinosaur yes but then they also fly so that would that doesn't really work wingless but wingless yeah so that how do they fly magic i don't know (laughs) like appa in the last airbender Yeah, exactly (laughs) (laughs) um so their origin is disputed but i'm going to share with you two uh, ideas for the origin of the dragon. Okay. Number one is there's a hypothesis that humans, like monkeys, have uh, instincts to uh, kind of reject snakes and fear snakes, large cats, birds of prey. And so, dragons were used as kind mm-hmm. of a, a means of maybe scaring children, or it's just like the idea of like, let's combine all the things we're scared of most, like <laughs> snakes <laughs> yeah. and birds of prey, into one creature. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, second origin story possible origin story is that uh ancient bones found in the himalayas people might have mistaken these old dinosaur bones mm. for dragons that i could totally see that yeah they're like oh what is this yeah okay so here is my my other cool thing that it's going to be hard to to translate to audio but i have a chart of different dragon sizes oh that i want to show you jen um Okay, so oh, who's that big one? This is oh, I, can I guess? Yes, um, is it um, Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, good guess. Uh, Smog and then oh, Bel- Smog and Beleri- and this one's Beleriand the Dread from Game of Thrones. Oh, I would have never known that. So Smog, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, so these get pretty big, right? This is a person way, way over here, and Mushu's Mushu's first. Mushu's stupid up to here. Okay, so then we're gonna go over here. And this one here, this, there's, you can't see it, but this right here, there's a single pixel Yeah. (laughs) on this 5k monitor. There's a single pixel. That's a a person. This is smog. Oh my God. Okay. This is teenage Drogon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then look at all these other drag. Oh, this is Rameth. (laughs) 
Oh, Ramesh. And look at all these other dragons from... Where's Who's that big boy? This one here? Yeah. This one is um, Ankalagon. Ankalagon. Where's he from? The lar- um, Silmarillion. Oh. The largest dragon in fictional history. Well, my God, look at that thing. It's as large as essentially like four mountain ranges. Yikes. Yeah. That's like, terrifying. Towers, towers above the mountains. Like when he walks, he crushes mountainsides. How cool. God, <laughs> mythology's cool. <laughs> Mythology is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so there, 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 there's, there's that. Okay. All right, let's talking about dragons? One. Okay. Yeah, all right. Buckle up. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. From, okay. So my number one, it, it used to be a category. And then I said, no, I can't pull a Joey. It's got to be one thing. <laughs> So then I was Very like, nice. maybe I could just say the personification of death, which is the Grim Reaper. Oh, yes. Essentially. Love. So I love the Grim Reaper. And here I am about to make my case for why the Grim Reaper is something that you should find comfort in. So here I go. If you're not familiar, <laughs> it's the embodiment of death itself. And it basically comes to take your soul to the afterlife when you're ready to die. Whether you're ready or not, basically, <laughs> when when your time is up. There it is. There it is. Essentially. <laughs> so, depicted as a skeletal figure cloaked in black, flowing robes, holding a, a scythe. Mm-hmm. That's what that thing's called. Mm-hmm. I had to listen to it a couple times, mm. like on the, on the Google Translates. <laughs> um, Images of that version of the Grim Reaper started appearing during the 14th century when the Black Death broke out. Um, but it's based on the Greek god Kronos, which is also known as Father Time, which is pretty cool. But he only got like, you look so confused. I'm starting to think, isn't the name of the person who helps people cross the River Styx isn't it almost named Kronos? Well, yeah, I mean, that could be Father Time. I wonder. Yeah. Per, per chance. They, they might derive from each other or something like that. Yeah. So ancient depictions um, show a friendlier version of death or a friendlier approach to death because it wasn't viewed as, as scary as it was during the Black Plague um, because things really took a turn and like 25 million people died <laughs> and there were bodies piled up in the streets and so it took a turn is like a is like, is a, is a light. Yeah. So they started viewing death as this horrific thing. So they needed some sort of depiction that embodied how horrific it was. So thus the Grim Reaper was born. And a new player has entered. The game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that really just had to be a real bummer time to yeah. be alive. Yeah. Like seeing decaying piles of bodies oh, in yeah. the streets. Just so gross. Thanks. Um, One thing that I do love, though, is you always see the Grim Reaper dressed all in black, but he is often depicted riding a white horse, like just like a pure white horse, which is just like a ghost or like a chariot um, drawn by several white horses, which I just think is the coolest image that that I could possibly think of. Yep. Um, One funny thing I found on mythology.net describes the Grim Reaper's personality as diligent and extremely hardworking. (laughs) He's all about meeting deadlines and is rarely distracted, which I just think is hilarious. (laughs) uh, That actually matches the description of, um, what's that book that I recently read that your your mom lent me? Oh, um, The Alchemist? No, 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 no. The Book Thief? The Book Thief. Yeah. The Grim Reaper is a character in The Book Thief. Oh, is just described very much in that light. Yeah, so he's a hard, hard worker, um, but he's also described as extremely caring. 
because he's not an assassin like a lot of people think that he is. He cares about your fate and he cares about helping you move on from your physical life into the next realm. So he appears when you're when you're going to die, not to take your life away, but to help you get to where you're trying to go. Because you don't know where you're trying to go, but he does. Oh man, yeah, this is so cool. Yes. Um, he also appears to help people who are old and sick to end their suffering. So really, he's just really misunderstood. And so I just want everyone to give the Grim Reaper a little bit of a hug, because he's just a really nice guy. But then you have to wonder, why is he carrying that scythe? And why are we calling him well, the Reaper? That's pretty creepy. Well, yeah, um, because back in the 14th century, they, you know, like farming was a big, you know, part of people's lives. Yeah. And farmers had that, and that's how they cut down. Yeah, the wheat. Wheat, and so yeah. that's, he was like cutting down people. Cutting down people? Oh, man, I was I was hoping yeah. it was going to be more closer to something like... Oh man, that's so much worse than what I was expecting. I was expecting <laughs> it to be like just as uh, maybe a farmer uses a scythe to collect wheat, uh, the Grim Reaper uses it to collect the souls, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, well, that's just the 14th century interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can or 14th, 1400s. So third. Well, let me hit you with the 2019 well, yeah. Joey version. 15th century. Yeah. Okay. Um, so special abilities that he has, this is just so cool. He has a skill, um, to separate souls from the body. Most stories claim that the mere presence of the specter will begin to draw the soul from your body with the crook of one bony finger. He can break your bonds to the living world forever. After the reaper has collected your soul, he will serve as a psychopomp, a guide who helps you find your way into the next realm. In love. Literally have chills. So cool. And I'm now convinced that the person who helps you cross the River Styx is Kronos. Is must be part of the Grim Reaper because it, you're describing somebody like that. Yes. Okay, so I I am about to probably repeat myself, but I just like I love this so much that I just have to <laughs> I just have to finish what I've what I've started here. Okay. Um I just love that he's silent. Silence, he never yeah. speaks. He's just lurking, patiently waiting. I imagine that he's always standing behind you. And it's one of those things where you like, you feel a presence, but you look and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Which then I started thinking about um, his Dark Materials. Do you remember this part? Oh, yeah, totally. So if you haven't read the Dark Materials series by Philip Pullman, it is absolutely life changing. It's like the vampire. Chronicles. Chronicles for Joey, for me. Yeah. And so, in this world, um, when a human is born, you have your mind and your physical body as one aspect of you. You have your demon, which is your soul in animal form. And then you have your death, which is basically like a shadow that accompanies you as a human throughout your life. And when it's time for you to die, your death taps you on your shoulder and says, it's time to go, and takes your hand, and it just makes me want to cry, because I just think that's so cool. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, and I love that interpretation of death, because it just means it's always with you, and you're never alone, and when your time's up, it's just, he's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's so cool. It's really poetic. It's so comforting. It is comforting. So ends my rant and um, argument for why the Grim Reaper is the most incredible um, mythical creature of all time. 
so much so that it made me cry, um, which is not something that happens all that often. I've only cried one other time on this podcast when I was talking about Hamilton. So <laughs> very embarrassing. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, shall we recap? Let's recap. Okay. My number five, Bigfoot. Number four, Elves. Number three, Vampires. Number two, Sphinx. And my winner is the Grim Reaper. Okay, squatch out. Here comes my, <laughs> my, my top five. Uh, my number five, the Harpy. Number four, Nazgul, or Ringwraiths. Number three, Vampire. Uh, number two, Balrog. Number one, Dragon. Real fast. Here's, yes. here's my this or that little game. Oh, yeah. A siren or a nymph? Uh, is a nymph, like, kind? A nymph can be kind. Yeah. Then a siren. but a nymph can also lure you into doing something just like a siren can sirens are better though like because their specific purpose is to like seduce men Mm -hmm. lure them into the sea and then just murder them that's incredible it is yeah there's so many yeah i want a good allegory for i would be a siren you are my siren I will eventually lure you in. I've already lured you. Exactly. Death is coming. (laughs) I'll greet him like an old friend.